Hello and welcome back to another episode of the BTS Creative Academy podcast. In this episode, we're going to be having a conversation with Phoenix Rose. Phoenix is a singer, actor and life coach. Phoenix is someone that I've known for a few years now. Um, She's someone that I met on an independent film where she was acting within the film, but she was also hard at work behind the scenes. I know Phoenix is someone that works hard to give back and inspire others, so I'm sure we'll find a few words of wisdom within this episode. So, um, my name is Phoenix Rose, and I am a singer-songwriter, boxing coach, holistic life coach, actress, voiceover artist, and general lunatic. Wow, that's an intro. Where should we start? I know. Let's start with you, the singer, songwriter. Well, I, um, I've i been in the game for a long time. I got into the music industry about 15 years ago when I started releasing music and that kind of thing. But I've been on the stage since I was 10 um, and had vocal training since I was 10 um, and been in the recording studio since I was 15. So I'm a, I'm a veteran in that sense. Um, and I released a lot of music under my birth name Rachel Rose um for for a long time so for about for about 10 12 years I released a lot of music had a lot of you know my own versions of success um building a bit of a fan base and um getting lots of really cool opportunities like singing at Wembley singing at Glastonbury um having a couple of things with Sennheiser um being on The Voice, uh, being on a documentary called Quiet That Rock. So, you know, I've been I've been doing lots and lots and lots and lots of things. And then, like everybody else, through COVID, the time we don't speak of, uh, naturally everything fell apart for me, like it did a lot of people. So I lost, I lost everything. And uh, I think I kind of had to lose the foundations on which I'd built my life because they weren't sustainable. So there was missing parts of authenticity about myself which was coming through in the way that i showed up in the world the way that i showed up in my music the way that i showed up in my uh, my acting like the way that i showed up in any way and the way that i showed up in my songwriting and i think what happened for me during the last four years is that i've literally been stripped of all the stuff that i became based on narratives that weren't mine and based on narratives either from family members from trauma from the industry And I've just like stripped myself of all of them. And that's when I decided to become Phoenix. And one of the reasons I chose to change my name and and revamp is I come across as very, very confident because I am in lots of ways, but I'm actually a very, very sensitive soul. And I feel things very, very deeply. And when I write music, um, I write from an autobiographical place and I knew to be authentic, I had to access my own pain and then speak on it. And for a long time, I didn't want to do that. Uh, because I was avoiding my pain for such a long time and then COVID made me feel it all. But I realised that, you know, when you're going through stuff and then then I channel it into music, I then have to sing it on stage. I then have to perform it. I then have to share it with people. And I almost needed like a protective blanket around me because I didn't know how to document everything I was going through and then just go and bleed out in front of everyone and be like, hi, here's my soul, when I was still fragile. So Phoenix came about because it was like, how can I be something else or have someone else to protect me while I'm sharing these painful stories? Um, good stories too, but let's, let's really focus on the fact that a lot of my, you know, a lot of music can be, can be heartbreak and, 
and lots of things like that. I needed, I needed that thing. And I also needed something that when I was, if I was having like a bad day or like an anxious day or a day where I was having loads of self-doubt or imposter syndrome, I had this thing that I could like put on and be like, all right, Rach, we're going to leave you at home today. You can just protect yourself and we're going to put feet on and then we're going to go out in the world and we're going to boss it and we're going to come home. We're going to pick this up later. And it meant that there was a bit of a distance between who I truly am, all the crappy parts, the painful parts, all that kind of stuff, and who I am out in the world as an artist. Um, and I realized I think I needed that. I needed a, a shift. A shift, yeah. So I could step into Phoenix and sing those songs and tell that story. And then I could come back to being Rachel and also be where, you know, something I've learned about me, even in my personal life, is, you know, people see what they see on the surface and then they get a bit shocked when they learn that I'm vulnerable or I'm um, sensitive or I'm fragile or I'm, I'm all these like juxtaposition things to who I present to the world. And lots of, so I, I kind of learned that lots of people don't, in inverted commas, deserve to see that part of me. You know, lots of people shouldn't have access to that part of me because they're not going to protect it or keep it safe. Um, so again, it means that I can kind of go out and be protected by Phoenix, but then if I need to go and do whatever, you know, be, be that, you know, be the pure Rachel, I can go and do it with people who I know will protect me and love me and whatever. So anyway, then we got to last year and I started to release new music and that was, that's been really cool. And it's been a bit scary because I've been releasing stuff that's like, like I said, it's raw, it's vulnerable, it's heart and soul, and it's slightly different sound. It's like... All my sound is sort of the same. It's just evolving all the time. So it's slightly different to the other stuff, but kind of the same vibe. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a, a wild year. Um, um, and I've got a new single coming out literally in Czech's phone. Uh, three days. So a new single coming out in three days, which I'm very excited about. Wow. You seem to have found a way to live in your truth. Tell me more about these other aspects in your life. So I am a holistic life coach, which basically means that I'm a life coach, but I, I use some kind of holistic things to help. So Reiki and um, I also do card readings, energy readings. Um, a lot of people will be like, because um, that's, that, that's fine, but it's because they've never tried it before, that's why. And I, I love to help people and I love to see, because I've had so much help in the last four years to become who I am today through holistic coaching and Reiki and these things, uh, I wanted to give back and I wanted to start something where I knew I could help people be the sort of, I don't want to say be the best version of themselves, that's so cliche, but it's like to evolve from the place of being stuck, evolve from a place of being inauthentic evolve from a place of being a people pleaser and anxious and lost and try and like refine who they are and um, then that also led me into boxing coaching um i absolutely love boxing it's been something that has completely saved me you know it's it's such a focus it's probably the only place uh, and time in my life where my brain is quiet which is a uh, doesn't happen for me often and i wanted to um translate that over to other people and help them find that sort of that peace of mind or boxing has helped me feel safe in my body which I've never had before and that to me is um, priceless so I've started to learn uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu recently with an amazing coach called Bruno and but I wanted to learn it from a self-defense standpoint to start with and now I'm moving into learning it as a sport because I feel like I want to know how to protect myself at all times and also be able to like pull my shoulders back and know that I've got I've got me and uh, and now I want to do more of that and evolve that as well um, for other people. 
um, predominantly women because I am one, so I know how to communicate most with women, but not just women, but people so that they can learn to feel safe and strong and proud and they can pull their shoulders back you know I used to walk through the world with my shoulders rolled over and my head down because I was afraid of what would come at me and uh, and now I don't so that's um that's something that has been amazing amazing to to discover so your journey has been a struggle how does that feel to be in a position of support for others now oh it's amazing very interesting how when you can go through a lot of pain when one some not all me um i got to a place of real victim mentality like i really believed the world was against me the universe was against me um i became very poor me and uh was very in my own head and i realized you know that's a form of self-sabotage anyway because when you're constantly blaming yourself you i'm oh, sorry blaming everyone else and you're not looking inward you're not making the changes and um, I decided I didn't want to be like that anymore. I didn't like who I'd become. I didn't like that I was kind of giving up. Um, and when I've been fighting back and re, re, uh, revisiting myself and building this life I'm proud of, to then help other people come out of that space or to help them grow, I feel like I'm doing something purposeful with my life. Like I always said I wanted to leave the world a slightly better place than I than I arrived in it. And I feel like if I can impact one or two people, if I can impact a thousand people, a million people, you know, I'm leaving the world a better place than I found it. And there is no better feeling than either watching someone connect with their technique in boxing and the smile they get when they know they've done it right, or or when they have a break a breakthrough moment in their coaching, their their life coaching and they suddenly overcome something huge. And it could be something so small on paper again in inverted commas but it's actually life affirming. It's them breaking through some invisible barrier that they've carried around with them. And, you know, I want people to believe that there is more for themselves because I've broken through so much. I know it's possible. And that to me makes me so passionate about helping people because I've done it. And I was the victim. I gave up. I didn't know who I was. I was lost. I was a people pleaser. I was anxious. I was confused. So you'd look on paper and see all the things I'd achieved in my career and be like, she's got it all together. I was a fucking mess. Excuse my French. I was a complete mess eating disorder, codependent, you name it, I was it. So when I show up in these places, I'm doing it from a place of, I am you, so I know you can do this. Not, I am you know, putting myself higher than you and telling you how you should live your life. It's, I see you, I validate you, I understand you, but I also know you can do better. I also know you can be better for yourself. Not, you know, everyone's perfect as they are, but you know, if you wanna grow and you wanna do more, Let's go. Let's do it together because it's all hard work. It all takes hard work. God, I wish it was easy. I wish we could take something and it'd just be like, bring. But there's no learning in that, unfortunately. <laughs> Tell me about that crossroads. You had this time when you was Rachel. You're now known as Phoenix Rose. What happened? obviously during covid i was i was alone a lot and i had re i realized that my whole identity my whole being my whole coping of life um was all external so i wasn't really connected to myself you know if you said who am i i would tell you what i do i didn't know who i was um so when i lost my career the gym uh, my family my friends blah blah Blah, 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 I was like I don't even know who I am anymore and I had to go into and unearth 30 years of trauma and literally bit, bit by bit it was coming up and I had to deal with it because I'd run 
my whole life from everything I've ever been through. I had numbed, I had disassociated, I had learned to survive. And COVID effectively forced me to learn, like let it all go. So like I said, it was, this was the breakdown of the foundations, but it was very unnerving to come back into the world as me without all that coping strategy. So even my eating disorder was a form of, uh, of safety, right? So I can't control the world, but I can control my food. So when I took away my controlling of food, that meant I just had to move through life. And if I didn't have something to hold on to, I felt like I was falling. And that was really unnerving and really uncomfortable. So I kind of came out into the world a bit like an exposed nerve. And that was why I decided that I needed to try and think of something to protect those moments because I still have moments not as badly now because I've done so much work but I still have moments now where I feel very exposed and feel a bit like I've just you know that nerve is on the surface and I'm like oh something's gonna hit and it's gonna hurt um and I still have moments but I know what to do now and I have my toolkit and I know I know what I need and I also know when I'm running or distracting or deliberately not facing things like I lost my nanny recently and I've been through a lot of grief this year a lot of change a lot of upheaval a lot of pain and I flat out did not want to feel it I was like, I do not want to deal with this right now. I do not want to hurt more. I do not want to say goodbye to her. This friggin' sucks. I don't want to look at it. And so for a couple of weeks, I just threw myself into training, was at the boxing gym the whole time, working loads. And then naturally, it found me and I had to feel it the day before the funeral, it hit me like a tidal wave. And I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but I'm still a human being who's learning how to, learning how to move through life. So it's just that I knew I was doing it. I wasn't in denial about it. Like, I'm fine. This doesn't even affect me. I'm so pulled together. I was like, I'm completely falling apart right now. I just don't want to look at it. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of the, the real switch up of just like the Phoenix um, Rachel Rose shift. And that doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not proud of Rachel Rose and like who she is as a human being. It's just, I needed a blanket. I needed something that I could, I could, uh, I could keep safe with. That's an amazing story. And knowing this story gives your music, your writing, your performing, such a deeper meaning. Can bring myself to get out of bed. Keep going over the things that you say. Promises, promises, promises that you didn't keep. Words that still hurt, you know they cut deep. You said forever, no matter whatever happens, it's you and me. But you couldn't hold it down, and now my heart is heavy. Sit together is better, whatever the weather, just you and me. But now I'm all alone, and I can't help be angry. Where was my forever, baby? Where was together, baby? How has writing music supported you through your journey? I'm writing some of the best music I've ever written and I think it's because I I'm connecting to who what, what I actually want to say not what I think I should say and um sorry if you heard that that was my puppy crying oh sorry oh. guys did you upset him no he wants me to play with oh, him oh of course he's like where is it then it's all which is it um sorry the podcast is gonna be quite funny <laughs> 
There you go. He's got the ball. He's got the ball. You'll enjoy watching this one back. He's been playing up on your bed throughout the deep and meaningful conversation. <laughs> okay, back on topic. Yeah, creatively, it's been the best, the best thing. I think it's really interesting. I actually had this epiphany only three days ago. So this is, the, you know, this is what I mean. I'm always evolving. I'm always growing. But I was, I was midway through a set. Um, I've got a residency uh, at the moment, and um, I was midway through. And I realized that I was thinking about everything apart from what I was singing, right? So it was very muscle memory. The voice was just coming out. But I was thinking about, is the volume too loud? Are people liking it? Should I be singing these songs? Should I make it more upbeat? What's wrong with my Mac? It's really doing something else. The, the tracks seem really slow. Oh, my God, are they happy? Are they okay? Should I sing more? Should I sing? And I was like, when was the last time that, that I was in it? And I actually did a performance, a, a random performance with a guy called Ben Waters, who's a blues and boogie woogie penis. Amazing, amazing guy. He pulled me up on stage. He's, an old, he's a family friend. But he pulled me up on stage on a whim when I went to see him. And it was, the only way I could describe it is spiritual. It was a spiritual experience. I was full body in the moment. And I was so elated. It was the voice. It was the, the music. It was everything. And I felt so happy. I was like, that's what this is all about. But it made me realize then when I did the show a couple of days ago and I was thinking about all these things, I was like, I'm not always in it. So when did I stop being in it? Now, have you read The Power of Now? Have I read The Power of Now? I've heard uh, clips. I don't think I've read the whole thing. I, go read it. It's about being present, right? When I was in this, this moment and realizing I was thinking about all these things, I was like, I haven't felt like my voice has been mine for years. Because in this industry, everybody's going to tell you what you should write, what you should sing, how you should sing, how you should look, what size you should be, you know, who you should perform with, where you should perform. But you're also not allowed to earn money because they don't give you any money because you're not supposed because the industry doesn't have any money, but it does have loads of money. It just doesn't want to give you the money. So you have to sing the thing that makes them happy. So they give you the money so you can make it. It's endless. But I realized like my voice didn't feel like mine. So I had actually become disassociated from my own voice. And this last year, my focus has been finding it again and reconnecting with my voice and singing where I'm happy and writing it. One of the things I heard a few times was, Rachel, your why, your songs are too sad. Are they? Or are they just emotional? Or are they just deep? Or are they just, this is my safe space to actually speak about how I truly feel. And it made me think, my soul was dark. My soul was unhappy. My soul was deep. My soul needed that music to, to process. And yet, guess who started writing happy songs? Because somebody told her that her songs were too sad. That would be me. So this is how much you can get. And obviously I was a people pleaser as well and uh, had no self-esteem or self-worth. So I was allowing the world to tell me who to be. So the music I'm writing now, I don't care if it's sad. I don't care if it's angry. I'm telling you how I feel. I'm connecting to something that's in me and I'm doing it for the purpose of reaching someone else out there who's carrying that same pain, that same feeling, that same trauma, that same loneliness. You know, I'm not writing for the people who want to critique me and tell me who I should be. I'm writing for the person who's alone at home and needs a song to keep them going. That's who I'm writing for. Really powerful. That was a big moment for me, because I was like, I actually don't care anymore about the people who just want to critique me from the sidelines. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? her to stay true stay true to the kid who fell in love with music stay true to the kid who used to just sing in the playground because she loved it stay true to the words in your soul stay true to 
all the goodness in you and stay true to your story. Your story is, is, has value and your existence has value and you don't need to become something else. You don't have to be smaller, quieter, louder, different, happier. You don't have to be any of that. Just be true and you will find your way. Tell me about Big Sis. So I launched Big Sis um, last year and I kind of threw it out into the world and I didn't really know what I was doing with it. So it's more kind of taken shape this year. But I wanted to um, create something that was a safe space for people to come. And it wasn't, it's not therapy. It's not counselling. It's support. It's life coaching. It's it's encouragement. Uh, and the reason I chose Big Sis is because it's the idea of, it's a big sister. It's somebody who can hold your hand. It's somebody who can give you a big hug. It's somebody who can put their arm around you physically or spiritually or emotionally or mentally. And I think what I wanted, what I want and what I'm aiming for for Big Sis is to help people grow, but to make sure that they feel safe and valued and seen and heard and that there is a space where they can grow because they feel like they are loved in that space. And um, so I work either on a one-to-one -one basis doing one-to-one -one mentorship. So like we work, like have weekly calls, uh, regular check-ins. I mean, one of my girls, we speak most days and uh, just like texting, just check-ins all the time. And, um, and then I also do a group program. So I launched that uh, about eight weeks ago. So it was a six, it's a six week uh, group program and it kind of gives you the intro in, but it's guided meditations journaling prompts a little bit of homework you can take away nothing too heavy but just like you know I might get them to write a letter to their younger self or something like that and again it's just like that hour a week where people can come and feel safe and feel seen and feel heard and do some growing and releasing um and it went really really well that was the first program that I've launched so I'll be launching another program again um likely September but it might be October now um because um September suddenly become very very busy but I'm, I'm gonna see I, I'm hoping to do it in September because I love it so I'm hoping to bring it forward but um yeah you can learn all about everything on my website which is bigsiscoaching.uk we'll add a link in the bio you love doing it tell me about that how much I love doing it during covid and I know I didn't think I was going to bring this up so much but there is purpose for why I keep mentioning it there was such a huge disconnect from community and actually in our society in general, we have quite a big disconnect. And we ha definitely did before COVID. And we still do now, but I, I feel like it's different. It's definitely different for me. But huge, huge disconnect. And becoming very reliant on apps and phones. And then when we were like physically separated from each other, there was an emptiness inside of me, like a real emptiness inside of me that I didn't realise how deeply I was seeking connection. Real connection, not superficial connection or... And I had been, and you know, and I take responsibility for the fact that I, because I had been so heartbroken in my past and so traumatised that I kept people at arm's length because I didn't want them to, to let them in. I didn't want them to see me because I felt like I'd be rejected if they actually saw who I was. So I had created a disconnect in my own life as well. And having reconnected with, you know, afterwards starting to reconnect with people again, friends and family and new people, I realised how much I seek that in my everyday. You know, I want to connect. I want to have this... Um, this human experience physically you know you know yes zoom and stuff is great because I can actually do my program over zoom but just to actually check in with someone and be like how are you no really how are you and learn about them and let them feel like they are connected and you know that to me is just so special I think I've realized like you know I've been through a lot of loss in the last year and 
if I lost everything tomorrow, all my money and things, you know, my phone, my MacBook, like, you know, my car, I would still have my family. I would still have my friends. I would still have those people because that's what actually matters. And I know that's super cliche and people are going to you know, be like, yeah, I heard that before, but it's true. It's the only thing that really matters. But yes, of course, we are in a society where we have to make money and we have to do these things. And that's great. Like, I love my car. It brings me joy. It means I can drive around the country, whatever. But it's just understanding that at the core, you know, those, those, um, that seeking validation outside of ourselves doesn't help. It doesn't, it doesn't fix the problem. And I think that was the thing that I realized for myself. So now in connecting with people and just seeing, you know, maybe their day gets a little bit better or they're able to cry because they feel safe or they're able to break through something. It makes me feel connected to them and I know it makes them feel connected to me and therefore we are in a much happier space in society, I feel, to have that. And that means a lot to me. And it's the same at the boxing gym. I love to go down and be in and amongst it and have human connection and laughter and, you know, um, just beating the crap out of each other. It's so much fun. With everything you're doing, it seems to have a theme. Do good for others. And I used to question... You know, when I was in my victim mentality, it was very like, why? Why has this all happened to me? Why is everything so hard for me? Blah, 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 blah. But actually, if I hadn't been through everything that I'd been through, I I wouldn't be able to do this. And I have, you know, and I, I, I teach from a place of understanding, not like I said, not from a, like, it's not like I read it in a book. You know, obviously I did do studying, but I when people say like, oh, you won't get it. You know, I've, I, I feel like this. And I went, no, I get it. No, nope, you're allowed to feel that way. I totally understand you know, it's because, you know, I might be able to say, oh, it's because X, Y, Z. And then they're like, oh, my God, you see me. You understand me. I make sense. And I'm like, yeah, of course you make sense. And I think that's what people want to feel. In your own darkness, like, we all carry darkness, right? We're made up of two things. We're yin and yang. We're made up of darkness and light. People are afraid of their own darkness. People are afraid of their own trauma, their pain, their bad habits, their nasty things, like, whatever it is. But actually, that's the part of us that needs love the most. Shine light on it and go, you're not alone. Bring it out. Shame can't survive in the oxygen. It's like, it's like vampires right when shame comes into the air and we say it out loud and we bring compassion to it it dies and that's a big thing as well it's just like making people not feel judged in their moments of shame i'm so grateful for you taking the time to join me on the podcast today my hope is if only one person listens they'll get something from your wisdom i really hope so and i look forward to listening to your song yes it comes out on friday And bring myself to go back to sleep I'm up and down, you got me pacing Promises, promises, promises that you couldn't keep You let me down so hard, I'm shaking You said forever, no matter whatever happens, it's you and me But you couldn't hold it down and now my heart is heavy